Hi, I'm Shreya Bakliwal and this is Women Who Build Podcast. Whenever I complained about bad luck, my mom always said that success is about what you make out of a situation, good or bad. Shruti, co-founder and CEO of Apna Club, is a true personification of this. And I'm so happy to do this episode of Women Who Build with her. I have personally followed her journey and I'm so proud of how she is impacting the lives of thousands of small businessmen and women through her company. She is also one of the very few founders who practices spirituality in her day-to-day, a trait that I feel builds up resilience like nothing else. Shruti built her entrepreneurial streak early on during her time at IIT Delhi, where she organized initiatives for her hostel, Himadri. Post her undergraduation, she worked at Bain and Omidyar Network India. It was during this time, giving founders advice to do X, Y, Z things, that she built conviction about starting up herself. She went to the Harvard Business School to study business and is now back in India, building for the small businesses here. Apna Club is a B2B social commerce platform. It digitizes and organizes the FMCG procurement market by connecting buyers and brands through a single platform. Despite a full transition from Sair to Sair Mall to Apna Club, all during COVID, it has served over 5,000 partners across 6,000 PIN codes in India and raised funds from the likes of Sequoia Surge, Bloom Ventures and Whiteboard Capital. Finally, I want to thank Aziz Gupta, Shruti's partner, who was generous enough to share Shruti's journey and growth as an individual and professional. Aziz, you absolutely helped me frame this episode. Now, without further delay, I have Shruti for you. Hi, Shruti. I'm so happy we are finally doing this. I have followed your journey very closely, right from Sair to Sair Mall and now Apna Club. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me on, Shreya. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, glad to do this. I'm very interested in, uh, you know, the topic of this podcast. Would love to meet more women who are building. Uh, So thanks for having me on. Well, thanks to you for taking the time out and for supporting the initiative. And I hope that uh, after this conversation, more and more women share their stories and inspire others. Actually, let's just start from the beginning. How did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Sure. Um, so uh, I've done a lot of uh, work in investing and uh, consulting, and uh, I was kind of like finding myself in the position of giving advice, uh, but felt that I may not like have all the kind of like right knowledge sources and life experiences uh, to do that. So that kind of like like you know pushed me to first explore whether I should join an operating company or a startup myself, and then uh, you know kind of like nothing teaches you as much as like starting up on your own. So decided to kind of like jump into it full time and uh, that's why I decided to become an entrepreneur. And did this start in college? What really led you to even start investing in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, So yeah, so I've always loved kind of like, you know, like uh, seeing things go from zero to one, right? And and, uh, I I was very fortunate uh, that in my college, right? So uh, there's a lot of extracurricular work, there's a lot of leadership work that goes on. And I was in a very new uh, hostel, right? So we, are, we were in this girls' hostel called Himadri at IIT Delhi. 
and uh, we kind of had the opportunity to build our culture over there to build our own like kind of teams and uh, you know uh, like uh, body of work over there and uh, so i've always been fascinated at how a group of people can come together and build something new and then it kind of like just grows beyond you right so i've always liked that uh, went into consulting and there of course you know the stage is kind of like you know like much later stage companies and uh, you you know you do very different kind of work so i found myself actually gravitating towards earlier stage more zero to one kind of situations and uh, so decided to go into investing uh, i i also have like an impact angle that i care about so went to omidya and omidya i really saw like a lot of very fantastic like entrepreneurs doing lots of great work and uh, doing really difficult things right so like uh, like for example news laundry is like one of their uh, investees and news laundry is like trying to improve the stage uh, you know, the quality of news media in india uh, so their opponent is like anup goswami right like i think uh-huh. it doesn't get harder than that so uh, so saw some people build and build you know like a really good audiences built really good products and and kind of very painstaking right so got very interested in uh, can i like do some of that and and of course you know i was advising these people why don't you do x why don't you do y and so in my mind it became why don't i do x why don't i do y uh, so like that's kind of like what pushed me well i'm so glad that you took the plunge i would love to know what you're building at apna club and how did it all start so apna club is in a, you know in a nutshell it's a, it's just a distribution platform for tier 2 and tier 3 areas uh, what that literally means is that you know like uh, if if a customer wants to buy a jar of pickles then we make the jar of pickles available you know like through apna club to them hmm. and uh, in this case our customer is a kirana store owner the jar of pickles is like you know like typically a challenger brand which is not able to find distribution otherwise and uh, the whole connection happens in a much more cost efficient and uh, kind of like a digitized way than it did before right uh, so we make it easy for wholesalers and kirana store owners to discover new products we make it easy for brands to decide okay if i want to launch into up and bihar what do i need to do uh, right so so we solve a lot of like these kind of like very old school problems but with like new age tools uh, the way to think about it is this right like you as a consumer you know as a b2c consumer uh, you know like at in amazon or in flipkart you have infinite choice and uh, you know like you you are basically a part of the full commerce kind of like ecosystem you look at things you decide you want them and then kind of like you know that inventory is delivered to you uh 85% of india's consumption is in the push based commerce world right uh push based commerce means that like the brand decides that i think i can sell 100 boxes of detergent this year and then they just send 100 boxes everywhere and then they wait for it to get sold right uh, so there's a lot of channel stuffing there's a lot of like literal pushing ki becho 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 so it's it's a very old school inefficient and kind of outmoded way right so we we are helping to bring that change to rural and semi urban distribution systems right right that's interesting if you could just break it down into who are the different stakeholders uh, within the distribution channel within the fmcg distribution channel and what are the what are the i mean we we've already discussed the pain points but how is it that your product is really adding value to each of these stakeholders So uh, there are only like three stakeholders in this chain, right? One is the creator or the brand, right? Uh, so they have a product and they want to get the product to every consumer who wants it, right? Uh, there is the consumer themselves, right? Uh, which is like uh, over here, uh, like someone who's actually using the goods. And then there is like the path, or the, there are the distribution channel, which is how the you know from the brand's factory. this product gets into the hands of the consumer hmm. and uh, uh, so in in our case uh, this distribution chain is made up of three entities right there is us apna club the plat- 
platform, right? So we talk to brands, we bring them on board, we store their goods, we pick pack and like dispatch them. We help them like uh, get like entry into new markets and so on. Hmm. Uh, there is the uh, uh, one Apna Club partner whose job it is to go out, uh, recruit shops into our platform, uh, do end-to-end distribution, do customer service, uh, help to push the sales of new brands, ask people to try things out. Uh, train them on how to use like you know like different items and then there is the kirana store owner right uh, or basically the person from whom the consumer is purchasing and uh, they typically run a shop uh, you know they have like uh, some kind of sales point and they have a reason why the customer buys through them right. so that's kind of like you know like like but, but these three components keep mixing and like you know changing right sometimes partner does distribution sometimes we do distribution and the partner buys goods sometimes we buy goods and like you know like uh, send it directly so, so that is a mix. What doesn't change is that there's a creator, there's a consumer, and we need to find the shortest way to get like you know things from the creators to the consumers. Right. Uh, and uh, right. so that's where Apna Club really comes in, right? We we before this it used to be the like you know from the brand you would sell it to like a trader, then to another trader, then to a wholesaler, so from the wholesaler to the kirana store owner, and finally into the consumer's hands. Uh, what we are making possible is actually like you know like uh, that from the brand it goes directly into the hands of someone who will then sell it uh, to the consumer. Got it. So it seems like you have built on top of existing intermediaries. Why did you adopt that approach? Yeah. So, I, you know, like uh, the main people in our chain, right, uh, are like people who are actually helping consumers to discover these goods. So not all consumers are on Amazon. They're not all on, inter- on the internet. Uh, and uh, not all of them can kind of like afford the you know cost structures associated with modern trade in the internet. So so um, I'm not sure how many people know this, but if you take general trade in India, it's much more cost efficient and effective than modern trade in India, right? So mm-hmm. when brands sell to modern trade, which is like an Amazon or like a you know like a uh, like a retail store, you know, with a supermarket where you can walk around and pick up things in the aisles, those are actually really expensive to run. And mm-hmm. brands have had to create larger packs and give them larger margins to even make it possible, right? Mm. On the other hand, Kirana stores and uh, wholesalers and intermediaries run a very tight system and their margins are typically lower than modern trade margins, right? Uh, so what uh, So what we're actually looking at is, uh, you know, there is an increase in the number of like, you know, like modern trade avenues, uh, but they don't cover all consumers, right? So your consumer who's in a tier two, three city is not very comfortable buying online or a business owner, right? So a shopkeeper who hasn't yet uh, started ordering online, does not have a great cell phone or a great, uh, you know, PC setup and can't afford to buy a lot of tools for their business. So these kind of people are getting left out, right? So that's what we are kind of like changing. We are bringing them into like the system. They play very important roles. The agents or intermediaries we are keeping uh, are actually responsible for, you know, paying for the working capital for the flow of goods. Uh, they are responsible for the last mile distribution. They're responsible for customer service. Yeah. They're responsible for understanding and translating sales signals for brands. Now, they've been doing this in a kind of like, you know, uh, offline way, right? Like uh, it, they've done it like, you know, with pen and paper and, you know, uh, with more rudimentary tools. So what we're doing is improving the tools that they have to work with. Uh, but otherwise, we're just like we're preserving the system because there is a role in, for the agents and uh, they do a good job of it. And rather than replace them with, you know, and, uh, with an army of call center agents, we're just enabling them to do their jobs better. Yeah, yeah. So it almost seems like you're building on their expertise because they've already done the yes. groundwork and you're helping them uh, with, with, you know, your expertise, which is a lot of information, a lot of handholding and obviously streamlining the distribution. And I know we've caught up personally around building communities. 
and i believe that whatsapp is uh, you know one of your most important tools to kind of communicate with these different stakeholders and you have done a great job at it so can you please tell us what are your top 3 learnings from using whatsapp as a mode of communication yeah i mean i don't know about top 3 but i can certainly share what i uh, yeah. you know what we've learned so whatsapp has been a fantastic tool for kind of like introducing uh technology and uh, digital uh, like tools into the hands of like tier 2 3 indians uh, everywhere right yeah. uh, so whatsapp is like just, it's a very intuitive platform uh, it's a very uh, and it's a free platform right so uh, people message endlessly uh whatsapp has also built a lot of like very interesting flows that make it easy to kind of like you know like uh, take someone through uh, you know like a, a you know video or take someone through like a set of materials or communicate to them that you know this is the time when we are holding a webinar and so on so whatsapp has given us all the seed you know like kind of like uh, seed money or seed uh, tools required yeah. to create a community right so there is a meeting place there is a way to distribute information to them and there's a way to get back signals from them in a moderated fashion so that's why i think whatsapp has been like a godsend for us uh, we maintain like multiple whatsapp groups so we have like hundreds of whatsapp groups of like wholesalers and partners and uh, we distribute information on how to use the app how to you know uh, cross sell how to identify the right customer how to expand the kind of like uh, you know goods that you are working with uh, so so we use whatsapp as a channel to disseminate all of this information and then we uh, basically hold webinars right so in these webinars we uh, ask people to talk to us directly uh, we also uh, kind of like you know like use whatsapp as a way uh, to send them uh, you know like the normal transactional stuff right which which everyone in india does now but more than that like whatsapp you know kind of gives everyone the understanding that this company is doing this with a large number of people they're doing it at our kind of like timing right so so uh, if you make a phone call you ask your customer to take out time right right uh, but when you send them a whatsapp uh, they know that they can reach back out to you in a asynchronous manner whenever right. they are ready yeah. so i think uh, customers kind of appreciate the community angle they appreciate the async angle and they appreciate how it's really you know woven into their like everyday lives right. and then that's why like whatsapp becomes like a very important kind of like medium for us and a very important uh community tool for us right right and is there a way that you've uh, structured probably internally structured your team to take care of uh the whatsapp communication is there because i feel um, a lot of yeah. whatsapp communications are uh, automated as well but where does the human yeah. element come in um, so uh, so this depends right uh, like when it's just like service or transactional messages as i mentioned you just build it into your flow and you like automate it right uh, on the other hand uh, we we also try to identify right uh, what is the typical kind of like set of concerns that any customer has on our first interaction and we try to build automated flows and answer that also uh but beyond a point right customers have their own needs and so what we do is that we assign like you know 150 200 kind of like uh customers to one whatsapp group and we assign like an spoc to it right so uh, this is a designated person from the company who is responsible for talking to them training them answering any queries they have giving them more information right. so it gives them like a one on one person that they can reach out to if they ever have any issues and uh, all of these spocs get like kind of like it's a train the trainer model so we get all the spocs together like you know in a room and then we train them on how to use the whatsapp channel right. uh, and and uh, like you know like uh, how to make themselves available to the queries of like the partners yeah and so this falls under like a customer service team right um, this is customer service yeah got it 
and then um, there are there are several brands on your platform so was there a way for you to kind of uh, even select the brands or was there a process because you know when i was working at anime we clearly uh, like we used to talk to amazon all the time and they had a process of picking and choosing like so for example agar diwali chal rahi hai so probably they'll uh, you know get right. on board more and more uh, sweet uh, focused uh, right. brands for example so was there anything like that uh, when you started right. out yeah i mean so for us right like uh, tier 2 and tier 3 like uh, geographical places is the focus right so right. we are building this out for like small kirana stores in like small town india mm-hmm. and so uh, picking out brands that kind of like make sense in that uh, scenario right which have uh, proven value for money uh, have good quality uh, uh, they're geographically kind of like you know relevant that becomes important for us right. and here we relied a lot actually right now on like a human intelligence right so we we've had a we have like very senior team members who work in these areas uh, you know like they've headed up like stores over there and so they understand what the consumption patterns over there are and and so we yeah so we definitely use a lot of that understanding that what sells uh, what gets consumed in these areas to kind of like pick and bring those brands on first and then when we see brands that have a similar value proposition then we are very comfortable bringing them on as a new brand or you know like uh, giving them visibility on the platform because we understand that they that you know that they are suited to the audience that they are trying to reach out to but many times you know we also get surprised so you know as an example a lot of people think that sachets makes a lot of sense in like small town india right yeah. so there's a sachet of everything uh, that that you get uh, but we found that when we introduced like larger sqs there was a lot of you know like pent up demand for that also mm. uh, so like you know india is changing its mm. needs and consumption and aspirations are changing yeah. and i think at the end of the day we need to get to you know like getting a lot of like users browsing through and giving us data on what they like and what they want right. and that would be the appropriate way to do it but uh, so yeah we, we are at an early stage and so this is what we do right and is there i mean there are several local brands as well and i remember when i was in bangalore there were like the small kirana stores uh, near my house also used to give those um, you know those polythene bags ki isme aadha kilo shakkar hai ye le jao so is there anything that can right. be done uh, from that perspective you know these are very unorganized players so is there anything that yeah. can be done there yeah so you know like uh, so this is a this is a trend of like you know kind of like the creation of consumer packs of commodities right so we call these goods like sugar and ghee and uh, rice as commodities hmm. and quite often they are openly like they sold loose right and hmm. you create your own package and you take it right. uh there's obviously like you know like uh, there's some benefit to uh, you know standardization that happens when you have consumer packs or you know sealed packs hmm. uh, so that's something that you know uh, that we we we've also like seen like picking up pace and uh, it's it's a good way of making sure that like a standard Uh, same quality product is reaching every time to the consumer right. uh, but it has its own uh, distribution like challenges right like these are like bulky items and uh, you pay very little for them right so if you add you know even if you add like a layer of like you know packaging material to it uh, or you add like you know kind of like some kind of check and uh, you know like uh, process to it uh, you're basically adding on costs and in mm. india's distribution system has you know optimized to bring value for money right and uh, lose has value for money and that's why it's lasted as customers you know kind of like gain more aspiration as they are paying more we are seeing a lot many more of these consumer packs come in and the, these local brands will one day become national brands right mm. if they get the game right if they maintain standards and they maintain quality 
if they understand the customer well these local brands will become national brands and that's what we want to do we want to take like great local brands you know who have a very good value proposition for customers and make sure that they can compete against the best when it comes to distribution right so you know creativity and product aapka and distribution is our problem since you mentioned uh, these uh, local brands will become national brands i don't know if you uh, eat uh, that id fresh ka rava Uh, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. so it it's become crazy, right? Like at least in Bangalore, absolutely, it has caught up pace. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, I also know that you know you you've been through uh multiple transitions from Sair to Sair Mall to Apna Club. Um, and your journey has been phenomenal, right? To to just follow. Uh, so did you have a mission statement for yourself, and how did you go about looking for the right problem to solve? Right. Um, yeah, so like that—that's the thing, right? So I—I I, uh, my mission statement to myself was to like uh, kind of like make sure that I start a company. I—I mm. uh, I did not uh, have a sector uh, of focus. I—I I did not want to do kind of like any company. I wanted to do a company that is like you know having an impact on uh, like uh, middle-income India right now. And and so that is why uh, you know like didn't go towards SaaS, didn't go towards gaming, didn't go towards like any of these like other sectors. because uh, the idea was that i wanted to do something in like tier 2 3 middle income india um and uh, other than that i think i got some very good advice from like uh, you know from people which is that just stay alive right as a, as a mm-hmm. entrepreneur as a startup entrepreneur i think like perseverance is and resilience is what we keep hearing and it's uh, what we keep getting told to have and i think uh, that's what i had i had like for two years we kept trying uh we made sure our team kept trying and uh, that they enjoyed the process right whatever the results and so i think that uh, held us uh, in good stead and then helped us get to where we are right and what do you think you've learned about yourself in the process um i've been talking to aziz and i do realize that you are super resilient and we can clearly see that right so apart from resilience what else have you discovered about yourself Yeah, so I mean, I think like some of it was uh, like you know, so to say, um, a matter of uh, our times, right? So uh, I, uh, my my first company or idea kind of like got shut down because of the coronavirus, uh, but there was no time to really kind of like uh, you know kind of grieve that because you know there's just like so much going on, there's so much suffering. You know, like, the first wave was kind of like quite brutal on like uh, you know people who were here on wages. Right. and uh, daily wage workers were really badly impacted and so i remember you know kind of like at the time that my business was shutting down there's also a lot of like distress calls going out you know and uh, volunteers were required kind of like all over the place and so um, so what i realized was that my problems are actually very small i'm super privileged uh, i and i and i've become like i think a very sanguine and like very happy person since then right so i did a lot of volunteer work at that time that helped me get through a lot of like you know like stress and worry that i had yeah. and then i realized that a lot of the stress and worry is kind of like just like ego related right like so uh, oh i didn't uh, raise like a you know yeah. series of funding straight away oh my company like you know didn't do well immediately i think all of these things only matter to you in your own head mm. and uh, i think uh, you know the the shutdown the nature of the shutdown kind of like Uh, and and the resultant chaos at that time kind of like it was impossible to miss the perspective right it was like okay i'm worried about shutting down a travel company uh, but out there people literally are trying to walk back home right yeah. so uh, i think like uh, so so time uh, so that time was like crucial i think it helped me become a much better person uh, running your own company i think definitely makes you a much better person yeah. uh, <laughs> makes you a much better people's person uh, mm. you realize a lot about how uh you know like everyone has a very rich internal life and i think uh, that came through to me very clearly in my time as an entrepreneur so so yeah those are the things i learned about myself 
and yeah i mean like resilience to karna hi pada ha you have to be resilient uh, but uh, yeah realize that uh, a lot of this does not matter what matters is like you know like kind of uh, if you've been helpful to others it's interesting how you've picked up you know the spiritual element after covid and after starting your own business and i really appreciate that in people um and i also remember talking to you about the daily stoics right that i started reading as well um and you also are a big believer in stoicism so do you recommend um stoicism to anybody else yeah no i think like stoic philosophy is uh, it's a it's a life change right so um uh so the so stoics are like uh, you know they have some really interesting views on uh, human morality and uh, mortality mm. both right so for example don't let success stay to your head is fine but but you know kind of like there's this theory and then they action it right so the action is like you know wear this like ring or carry a token that kind of reminds you that you will one day die right. and i think a lot of us like you know very successfully push that thought out of our heads that we will one day die mm. and i think like uh, so stoicism like embraces that yeah uh, the other like thing that you know that i remember like very clearly uh, as a learning was that expect the world to be bad okay mm. so this is no like uh, this is not like you know sab acha hoga aapka you know like there right. is no fluffiness over here there is no belief in the internal goodness of man they say imagine at the beginning in the first thing in the morning just imagine that people will be ungrateful and rude to you they will plot against you they will do everything well, so yara 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 so imagine the worst and uh, then kind of go on with life anyway mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i was very surprised right because before this i think all the philosophy i had read all the kind of spiritual stuff that i had read was about the you know inherent goodness will one day win out right right yeah. uh, that was the message i had received all my life and i i, I and that's where the doubt creeps in right like inherent goodness does not always seem to be winning out and so you're like like does is this even real but i think stoicism kind of like embraces the idea that no matter what happens you got to like live with your own set of principles and uh, you know act according to yourself and not according to the world and i think like nothing captures it better than the idea of waking up in the morning and imagining that everyone will be rude and ungrateful and the world will be poisonous yeah. but you still got to like you know do well yeah. you still got to be a great person yeah. you still want to like you know be who you are as you know and be like in stoics you're supposed to be certain like good kind of person you're not supposed to go out and become poisonous absolutely right? huh. uh, so Yeah, so so I I really like enjoy that. Like I think like it's uh, it's really been helpful. Again, something I picked up, uh, like you know when COVID was happening, my co-founder was leaving, and so like you know like uh, I I was just thinking this like you know like oh people, I just hate people. And I think like stories are something like people with that. Since you mentioned team, I would love to know how did you go about the process of deconstructing and then reconstructing the team. So this is not very intentional, right? But uh, I think what what we have it. towards those people who can like look after themselves and look after others around them yeah uh, so always have you know, initially hired a lot of generalists and a lot of like you know just high energy ownership people okay. uh so even today so we have like seven you know values at apna club they all they're all like uh, bollywood dialogues by the way oh, wow. uh, but we have like seven values at apna club and and the first value is that apni movie ka star main khud hu right so we look for people you know who are like the heroes of their own movies and they're doing things right, right. uh they're responsible and uh, they take ownership and uh, so that is i think from the first day i've been looking for those people and because we had those people uh you know when challenges like were thrown at us we really could stand up to them pretty well uh, now what actually happens is once you start to settle down right when once you have to like start to like go from like 1 to 10 
uh, that's where like you want to then start to get more specialists in Hmm. Uh, and and that process can you know like that then it can mean that like not everyone is happy not everyone wants to do that uh, but uh, but yeah generally like if you're in the zero to one stage what you want is a lot of people you know who are just like uh, like generalist problem solvers who will own the problem right right and are these generalists like young people right out of college are these generalists uh, working for six or seven years and then you know they're right. still I mean I know so many people yeah, still want to be generalists. Uh, after so many yeah years. i think generalists are just generalists okay. right uh, yeah. they can be any age they can be at any stage i am a generalist mm-hmm. right uh, yeah. i don't have even today something that i specifically do unless you count kind of like recruiting and fundraising yeah uh, and uh, and uh, like these are important functions but like i'm a generalist overall the problem with generalists is actually you you don't have space for too many generalists in a company mm-hmm. right yeah. once you start to kind of like settle down that's when it gets hard because you're like ab kya karna hai generalists are great at like you know starting off things right. uh, but but you know like for example if you ask me to sit down and kind of like do like sales uh, like continuously now i know that i'm not the right fit or the right person for that right so i think like uh, that that's kind of like the challenge of being a generalist also then right and so as you transition from a 0 to 1 to 1 to 10 how do you then uh, probably allocate the generalists across your organization um or yeah. is there like a transition plan of sorts uh for them so we try to find them you know like things that they would like to do there's always new stuff happening right like i mean like we're like like maybe we're like zero to half or three fourths right now uh-huh. uh so uh we still have a lot of like uh challenges that we're working on uh and uh so it's but you know we know that once we kind of like figure out the model we want to get in people you know who just like have run factory lines right, right? Yeah. at that point we either find new challenges for our people or we transition them out like uh you know peacefully and happily and i find them good things to do and i help them you know get to whatever is the next challenge of their life hmm. uh generally like you know like um uh you know like all of these people would be great entrepreneurs themselves so yeah. like ha- helping them start their own journey is something that you know like uh other i would think about now i just want to touch upon the b2b social commerce space in india what do you think the market looks like today and what do you think it can look like tomorrow yeah um so you know like uh, people uh, have just started building out great tools for b2b in india right so uh, you have like a you know infra market and a zwork and a, you know like a uh, like so many of these uh, b2b marketplaces and platforms being built out right now and so i think like it's going to look really different the the kind of like the the last 20 years were about b2c i think b2b is just started to come into its own pace now so mm-hmm. i think like we'll see a lot of like you know new tools a lot of discovery of how to reach out to them a lot of discovery of what products are actually needed yeah um what works what will not work is credit really like uh, so unorganized is right is credit really like you know like so unavailable i think we're going to find a lot of like surprising answers uh like i said the msme industry in india is actually like you know extremely value for money right um they built like fantastic like processes and systems uh given the constraints of like doing it without technology right so the question is how do we take that one step forward yeah and i'm sure that uh, apna club is uh, going in the right direction to kind of facilitate that change Uh now Shruti I have one last question which is um you know I find you very headstrong so who inspires you in your life and how are you this way Yeah I mean I I think like uh, I I've always liked uh, people who communicate well hmm. right uh, so I I like a lot of like writers I I like a lot of like 
leaders right so like uh, famous teachers is something that i follow a lot of and i'll watch and i'll you know kind of like react to i i love to read about kind of like uh, tense moments in history and kind of like how people yeah. you know like navigated them so uh, so yeah i mean uh, there's a lot of like uh, random reading that i do and i think like uh, i i've uh, picked up on the idea of independence and independence of thought as being my primary inspiration thank you so much shruti i love talking to you and it's always a delight talking to you so thank you so much for taking the time out thanks shreya and uh, love the program like you know like love the beginnings of this community i would love to meet more people that you know that you spoken with and like you know work with uh, i think like uh, women need to build a network in india uh, so yeah thanks for having me on and i'm looking forward to seeing more from you